0: On today's show, hear us say... He broke the neck off beer bottles with his knife hand. Yeah. Before it was done in the Karate Kid movie. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi and welcome to another episode. I'm Sensei Michelle. I'm Sensei Jackie. And we are all by ourselves today. Wah, 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 wah. Landon's on another vacation. Lucky him, he's in Colorado. So we decided that what we would do today is finally follow through on watching the movie Budo, which I have been saying I would do all summer long. That is correct. So we did it. And we learned a lot and we really enjoyed it. Okay. So we're just going to jump right in. Yes. Let's start out by saying that it's called Budo, The Art of Killing. It has its copyright in 1982 by Crown International Pictures, but that copyright was renewed in 1999 by another company. That's true. And according to the Internet, it's a 90 minute long Japanese documentary by Hisao Masuda. It was directed by a guy named Masayoshi Nemoto. And finally, it was narrated by Harry J. Quinney, or Kini, an American actor. And how do you spell that? In case they want to look him up. Q-U-I-N-I. Perfect. Okay, before we go on, I'm going to say that I loved the cinematography of this movie. Every scene was gorgeously filmed. Yes. Both the nature scenes and the scenes that had uh, humans in them. Right. The training was really beautifully filmed. There were training scenes filmed with Mount Fuji in the background. You're not going to beat that. No. No. And then there were training scenes filmed with pagodas. Oh, yeah, they were. And then when they weren't training and you would see the movement of the trees in the weather. But see, I found that cut from nature back to the training, back to nature, back to the training, which I know is a cinematic style. I found it to be a lot distracting to my eye. I would have liked it better if they stayed a little bit longer on the nature and then finished the training scene rather than cut in the middle. Agree with that. Also, it was. And fi- you know what? This was filmed in 78. Yes. And that was just the beginning of that cut style of uh, cinematography. Before we leave the nature park behind, we need to jump into the cherry blossom. They had a lot of shots of cherry blossom, the very beginning and the very end of the film, for example. That's right. And. And let's jump there for a minute to the very beginning and the very end of the film. If you're going to watch this movie with kids, You should probably be very careful about the very beginning and the very end. I don't want to give anything away on the film, but it might be more than a younger viewer would like to see. How's that? I I totally agree. And it might be more than you'd want to explain. I'd check it out if I were you. That's right. All you have to do is go to the first scene and the last scene before you... Show it to your kids. That's it. But back to the cherry blossom. It's the national flower of Japan. Right. In Japanese, it's called Sakura, and it has a lot of meaning, doesn't it? It does. It is the most symbolic flower that I know of Japan. It represents renewal and optimism, and also the fleeting length of life because of its own very short blooming season, approximately two weeks. We did get this from ShogunOrlando.com, though. And just in case our audience doesn't know this, in Washington, D.C., they have a grove of cherry blossoms, of cherry trees, cherry I'm sorry, trees. of cherry trees that do blossom in the spring, very short season. And when did we get those trees? Did we look that up? I did look it up and it said that we got those trees in 1912 as a as a gift to show the friendship between Japan and the United States. Interesting. 1912. Mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. Okay, we're back to the movies now. Sorry, I got on a little cherry blossom thought, oh. didn't I? Okay, Okay, it was divided into sections. Yes. The section that I found that I had forgotten existed was the section on Kabuto weaponry. And I thoroughly enjoyed that section somewhat more than some of the other sections, which surprised me. They covered nunchucks. They covered tanfa. They covered bow. um, A a tanto and a shield, which was my favorite part, versing a katana. So that a little knife and a shield versing a... Samurai sword. sword, So that's so cool, right? I really enjoyed that section. What about you? I enjoyed uh, the whole section on karate. There were so many things that I didn't realize that I knew that they would bring up, whether it was a philosophy statement or watching the makiwara. It, It was a fun thing to see. I had forgotten they had so much karate in it. Well, in that section, they covered a lot. They covered judo. Yes. They covered Aikido and Kendo. And you know what? They covered sumo. And so I'm asking you, should we do a whole episode on sumo? Yes, for sure. Okay, I'll make a note. I'll do it right now. I enjoyed that part. And they, they had talented people. And I think the thing that you thought was so interesting was that two of those scenes are really have become, quote unquote, infamous. That's right. The actor um, Fujimoto... Or the Karateka. Or the Karateka Fujimoto. He could be both, but That's he's definitely true. a karate man. Oh, without question. Um, Fujimoto did Makiwara against a locomotive with his arms, elbows, and legs. That Makiwara scene is, you just gotta hear it and see it to believe it. And he broke the neck off beer bottles with his knife hand. Yeah. One for, one with his left and one with his right. Before it was done in the Karate Kid movie. Well, <laughs> well, don't be cynical. That's true. Way before it was done in the Karate Kid movie. The karate part had some great training ideas. Yes, it did. And most of those we have done over the years. And I would say that some of them we've modified because when they're training in the Sea of Japan in the middle of winter, the men with no gi tops on. We have done training at the beach in Florida in the middle of winter. And we did have lots to do, but it was not quite as hard on the body, I don't think, with that weather. What I want to say about the training methods is years of scientific research have proven that some of those methods don't travel over time well as body ages. Specifically, duck walks and duck walks with jumping yes, are something that you just don't want to do to your knees if you want to use your knees at the age of 70. And and with that scene, they had each man carrying another man on his back, walking up tons of stairs, which we've done. And I don't think carrying somebody on your back, maybe somebody your own weight, might be a problem. But that exercise, in and of itself, I don't think is dangerous. It, I think you have to be strong enough before you start doing it. But that overextension of a body part in the jumping and the duck walking is something that your body may or may not recover from, depending on your body, right? And and there were a couple of others. I just don't remember them off the top of my head. So if you're going to try those, first off, unless you train, don't try this at home. Anything you see in this movie. Because everything in it is pretty dangerous. That's right. In that section, I believe, were all those breaks. Oh, some of the breaks were fabulous. But the head breaks were there. And please do not go around trying to break something with your head. The most important thing in your body is in your head, and that's your brain. Right. And, and, you know, a stack of roofing tiles, if you want to break those with your hand, a hammer fist. A sledgehammer. It's it's difficult enough. But your head. Yeah, don't do that. Please. Okay. I want to get to favorite scenes. I want to start because I've got a coin. Go for it. So they have this scene where they have the white crane coming in for a landing. And he's flying. I mean, the the, just the filming of this was so magnificent. It looked like an airplane lowering its landing gear. It was just whoosh, whoosh. And it was so beautiful. And it came into this beautiful landing. I could watch that one all day. I could put that one in my loop to watch over and over again. Can I put the corollary... Of the man who created the white crane kata or or who performed the white crane kata right after that, doing some of the motions of the crane Mm -hmm. and a lot of the bent wrist motion, which is cocaine, a lot of the cat stance, and just the way he would move his arms out and then come back. Yeah, it was nice. It was really good. You're right. Those two things together were cool. Okay, you ready for my second favorite? Yes. It's called Yabusami and it's the Archery on horseback. Nothing about this makes me anything but happy. I realize there's some sort of negative problem in that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> the way it was filmed. Yes. The talent of these people, the clothing, and even the dress on the horses, the beautiful reins. the headgear, the um, sound of the arrow taking off, the hitting of the targets, The showing of the feet of the galloping horses, just everything about it, it was just so on my list of things to put in a loop. Well, don't forget how beautiful each horse was. Oh, gosh, weren't they? Yes. Each one was more magnificent looking than the next. And I am fascinated by the arrow tips because they looked like they were cloth bound around the arrow at the end. And you were mentioning at the time that you thought maybe they could be lit on fire. Yes, I was. I recently read that the Yabusami uses the whistling arrow and we recently got some new information about the whistling arrow. So we'll share it here. A man sent me a a video of the sound and it is a cool sound. And then another friend told me that he had read where those ancient whistling arrows would be used to communicate with other troops in their own army, other archers, And then a third friend wrote me and said, can you imagine you're sleeping and you hear that sound in the middle of the night? Oh, wow. I know. I just said, yikes. Because the pitch of it is something that definitely would wake you. Okay. Now I'm going to jump ship completely off of this movie and go to another movie that I rewatched last night just for fun. My cousin Vinny. Yes. And in one part, a screech owl wakes him up in the middle of the night. (laughs) That's the sound, folks. That's what it sounds like. Right? Screech owl. Wow. Do we have one more favorite part? I can't remember if you said yours. I haven't said mine yet. My favorite part was watching the women with their naginatas. Oh, that was interesting. They, they trained so hard and all the people in the film trained hard. Yes. And there was a lot of children in the film and a lot of children with naginata. Yes. Which I'm, of course, I am amazed to see children with Naginata because it's hard. It is hard. You're right. And you know what? We should explain the Naginata real quick. (laughs) Uh, Okay. A Naginata can be as long as nine feet. And some of those were, I could tell by the height of the weapon compared to the woman. But generally they're a foot or two taller than you are. And it's a long stick with a blade on the end. And it was, um, well, they said in this movie that in medieval times it became popular. I thought we had read that it went back farther when we did our episodes. So go check it out, yeah. folks. They're going to be busy. They're going to check out a Kabuto episode and now our Naginata episode. That's right. And isn't that blade normally curved? Same yeah. as a samurai S- sword, sword. Okay. But, but it's shorter. It's about 13 inches long. And it really adds weight oh, to, yeah. to the end of the, the pole, for better terms. But going back to what you said, it was cool to watch it. Especially when they were all working in unison. It was beautiful to me. Any of the times you saw him working in unison, the Aikido part had the men working <gasps> oh, in unison yes. and just with a three sound. And that was really nice. Okay. Let's move on towards the end of the film. That's when they got into some of the philosophical aspects, which I a hundred percent agree with. We teach traditional karate. We totally believe in the traditional aspects of karate. And I love the fact that they discussed the power of self-control my personal favorite thing in the world <laughs> as a superpower even though they didn't call it that and i have done a full episode on it and mentioned it several thousand times since we've started <laughs> podcasting but that part was a little dry it was dry and even the part where the men were sitting in meditation and the person in charge would walk behind them tap them on the shoulder and then beat them with a A strike from a a wooden sword, I guess. Flat sword. looks like a boken. Yes. Okay, so what you're reminding me of with that is a couple of summers in a row, about four years ago, give or take, they had a show called Better Late Than Never, where four old friends, Henry Winkler, Terry Bradshaw, William Shatner, Shatner, and George Foreman, traveled wherever they wanted to go. And one of the places they went to was Japan. Right. And they tried that. And the guy did hit them. And they complained it was so fun and funny. I don't know if you can find it on YouTube, but that there was some crack-up moments of them trying other cultures. Oh, the Japan moments were wonderful. I thought the Germany ones were too, though. Just, yes, it they just were. came up in my just, head as we're sitting separate. here. Yes, you're right. Can we get back on track? Maybe. I'm going to say they did a section on how blades were made. Oh. And there was a lot about that that I found fun to watch. Yes like the sound of the people. They had a four-man team building the blade. So the the sound would go, boom, boom, ba-bum, boom, 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 ba bum, bum ba-bum, as right. they were smashing the steel down for what looked to be the umpteenth time. Right. And then it, then it would go back in the fire and then be repounded in that rhythm. And they showed the fire up so close and you could see that it was I'm going to say so close to 2000 degrees that if somehow it touched your skin, your whole, that whole part of your body would be missing. That's right. And yes. also in that section was after the blade was um, formed, how it was polished. And I know in our sword oh, yeah. uh, episode, we talked about that that grinding and polishing was as much, if not more important to the blade mm-hmm. and to the signature of the, the blade maker. remember that. Before we get too far gone here, I want to say one of the themes that ran throughout was this one character that was in a no costume. N-O-H, no. Yes. And that's like a kind of a Japanese um, theater, right? And he was dressed as a samurai and he had on tabby. They showed his feet a lot. And he had on this gorgeous mask and this unbelievably cool headgear and he was moving whenever they showed him and just everything about him was he would go on my reel I'm just saying he was cool and yet for me he was uh, scary because of the play I think they call it of Kia Oscura dark and light and he would come out of the dark and only be somewhat lit Uh, very very frightening to someone who is easily frightened you're right, that is how they showed him and that was kind of cool. I had not made that connection in my head, but you're right. Okay, we have a couple of things to finish this episode up. Is there anything else about Oh, let's say do we recommend it? I totally recommend it. I do. Uh, to anybody who's studying martial arts or to anybody who's interested in anything Japanese or to anybody who just would like to see a very well-done documentary with some really um old school yes, but captivating Cinematography. That's right. And because we watched it on DVD, everything came through so clearly and bright, and um, all the colors were just magnificent. And that takes me to how can they watch it? And I've got a list right here. You can see it on Tubi, you can see it on Sling, and on Amazon Prime. If you don't mind paying, you can see it on YouTube, Google Play, and Apple Play. Now, if you're local, and you actually live near me, you can call myself or sensei Jackie, send us a text, DM us on one of the places where we are, and you can borrow the DVD. Yes. We'll gladly loan it to you. You do have to give it back though. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so you're gonna get in touch with us all over the web at Wildcat Dojo. On Instagram, it's Wildcat Dojo Conversations. And to email, it's Dojo Conversations at Aol.com. Now. While we were watching the movie, we did not pay the kind of attention we should have paid if we were good students and write down some quotes that we would like to share, because I'm sure there were 20. There were lots of quotes. I found on IMDb a place where they would put quotes from the movie Budo, but none had been submitted. So if you and I watch it again, this time we'll watch it or just listen for quotes. Good idea. And we won't have to watch, watch it. (laughs) I was thinking, though, that it might be fun to watch, watch it with no sound. I was just thinking exactly the same thing. That might be interesting and fun. And different. Yes. Just background picture. Yes. If you do it, you'll let me know how you like it, okay? For sure. All right. So anyway, there I am on on the web searching around for quotes, and I didn't find anything. But instead, Yoda quotes came up. (laughs) Did you find anything in Yoda quotes? You know Yoda, the character from Star Star Wars. Wars. Okay, don't get Star Wars and Star Trek messed up, even though William Shatner is from Star Trek. Yes, he is. Okay, but back on track. One of these Yoda quotes I found to be fun and applicable. Oh, wow. So that's what I'm going to finish with. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, I do not do a Yoda voice, so unless you actually think my voice sounds like Yoda, then you're in the right place. Here I go. If no mistake you have made, losing you are, a different game you should play. Well said, Yoda. Thank you so much. Backwards talker extraordinaire. Is he? (laughs) We pulled that one off. (laughs) Okay, folks. So that's our view of the movie Budo. We recommend it? Yes, we definitely recommend it. And we're going to do another one of these. This was fun, but we'll invite somebody else. Yes. All right, before I do goodbyes, and since AJ says thanks for watching, let's talk about it. Honor Honor Athletics, Athletics, of course. course. You can text or call Cynthia at 770-945-5150. You can also reach her at honorathletics.com. And of course, don't forget to say Wildcat Dojo on checkout to get your 10% discount. Thanks to Cynthia for sponsoring us, and thanks to all of you who shop with her. And on that note, Sensei Jackie, we're doing it. Let's do it together. And I'm Sensei Michelle. And I'm Sensei Jackie. And we're signing off. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.